Hey y'all, welcome to Black Girls Talk Behavior. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Brooke. Episode 8. Hey Brooke, how you feeling girl? Hey Jazz, I'm feeling good. Just ate lunch, you know, Jasmine work out and I eat, okay? We are a perfect balance. <laughs> I love it. What'd you eat girl? What'd you eat? So I love that pre-cooked rice from Trader Joe's. <laughs> and then a frozen eye. No, don't. Don't laugh. Trader Joe's be hidden. Yeah. I'll be sleeping, so. so I got I that and I made some salmon and some green okay. beans. Mm-hmm. It was so See? Mm-hmm. Y'all, was spicy. we're going to have a podcast about behavior and cooking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm assuming baby keep his sleep because it's yes. mighty quiet. He is asleep. How's okay. your day going? Uh, my day is good. Uh, got a little workout in. You know how I do. Got to keep that um, behavior maintained, you know. Got to keep them glutes up. <sighs> yes. <laughs> and then, you know, cleaned up all these shoes I had in my closet so I could come in here and record. <laughs> we you got know. a studio in her closet. She has It's dual purpose. Yes. It has a dual I purpose. Mm-hmm. I love it. But anyways, guys, enough about us. Um, I will be breaking down Tasso's item B3 which states define and provide examples of respondent and operant conditioning. Oh, yeah. Ooh. All right, y'all, let's get into this. Because when I was studying with Brooke, I definitely was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, what? What is this? Oh, my God. But yeah. anyway, I got it now. Don't worry, guys. I passed. <laughs> All right. So responding conditioning. So, when formerly neutral stimuli can acquire the ability to elicit respondents through a process called responding conditioning, obviously, but a.k.a. Pavlovian conditioning and classical conditioning. So, you guys remember Pavlov and his dogs, right? Mm -hmm. And his metronome. It's not a bell. It's a metronome. Oh, wow. It's a bell, y'all, for us. (laughs) Everybody was saying a bell, but he used a metronome. Um... But basically, um, Pavlov designed and conducted historic series of experiments, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them included the dogs. So Pavlov and his dogs, um, he would notice that they would salivate every time the assistant opened the door to feed them, mm-hmm. right? So if you turn to page 31 in Cooper, they elaborate more on the experiment. But I'll just kind of, you know, dibble and dabble a little bit. But remember, stimulus, stimulus, pairing, okay? Mm-hmm. So prior to the stimulus being paired, mm-hmm. right? The food in the mouth was an unconditioned stimulus, right? Oh, okay. So it had not been paired, okay? okay? And then the sound of that metronome, mm-hmm. right? A neutral stimulus, right? Mm-hmm. So these two things are going to be paired, right? Mm-hmm. So after several trials of the sound and the presentation of the food, the dogs began to salivate to the response of the metronome, right? Oh, Look at Pavlov. the stimulus-stimulus pairing, right? Yep. You took stimulus, one stimulus... And yep. there was already a stimulus, what I just talked about in the previous episode, y'all. Yep, there we and go. And then he paired them together, which means Period. at the same time. Exactly. Simultaneous, mm-hmm. exactly, or right before. Mm-hmm. But I like to do it at the same time. However you guys love it, um, we like it. Um, <laughs> but the metronome became a conditioned stimulus and a conditioned reflex, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, real quick, 
Responding conditioning is most effective when the neutral stimulus is presented, like I said, either right before mm-hmm. or simultaneously with that unconditioned stimulus. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, manding, right? We want to make sure that re- reinforcement is immediate. Mm-hmm. Right? So, same thing. If you want that to be conditioned, that reinforcer to work, you need to give it immediately. Right? Yeah. Just just same thing with Pavlov and the dogs. The metronome. Okay. I don't want to lose you, but that's but, literally it. But didn't okay? Pavlov, he didn't, he never gave them the food though, right? Because we're nope. talking about responding. Salivating. Behaviors. Yep. Just yeah. the salivating. Uh-huh. Exactly. No consequences yet. Not yet. There mm-hmm. we go. Thank you, Brooke. All <laughs> right. So the next part of B, <laughs> B3 is operant conditioning. So now we're talking about the reinforcement part. Yes. So. Operant conditioning refers to the process and selective effects of consequences on behavior, right? Yes. So consequences. So like I spoke about earlier, I mm-hmm. probably prematurely jumped into it, but being reinforced, right? So that's the consequence mm-hmm. on that behavior. Um, let me see. A functional consequence is a stimulus change that follows a given response closely in time, mm-hmm. right? So remember the neutral stimulus and unconditioned stimulus. Um, Little content. Con- Continuity. Continuity, yep, exactly. <laughs> and so close together in time and mm-hmm. alters the occurrence of similar responses in the future. Okay? Yes. Okay, so I know that was a lot, but if you want a little more information, go to page 34 in Cooper. Okay? And the last part of this, I'll just elaborate. Um, conditioning consists of an increase in the rate of responding. You can say that reinforcement has taken place. Yes. Oh, wait, remember- I have a question oh, before okay. you go on. Yes. Oh, wait, yes. say your comment and then I'm going to ask my question. No, I was so just like- going to say how, you know, we're all in the field and we say like, oh, we ask parents, well, what are the reinforcers? Mm-hmm. We don't know what the reinforcers are yet, right? Because we don't know if that behavior, if it increased the behavior or, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. we can't say it's a reinforcer until we actually do that stimulus assess, stimulus preference assessment and, you know, so forth and so on. But I just wanted to make sure I let you guys know it doesn't have, doesn't take place until you know if that behavior increased or not. Okay. All right. And then what were you going to say, Brooke? Okay. So just want to be clear. Respondent behaviors, because I heard you say something about elicit, right? Respondent so those, conditioning. Oh, we're do, we're talking about conditioning. conditioning. Okay. Ooh, All right. There we go. That's that a good pairing, She listening. That's stimulus pairing. Okay, good. Yes. I, I get it now. Okay, yeah. cool. I love this, though. I love her feedback. Let me know if I'm on my, you know, keep me on my toes, girl. Keep you on your toes. Yes. Period. Okay. So we good though. So responding conditioning and mm-hmm. operant conditioning. And the last part of my episode, I will go over three questions. Okay. Give you guys a few seconds to think about it. Um, the questions, questions. Look, they're getting a little, they're getting better now. They're not as easy. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. So who designed and conducted an historic series of experiments? Let's mm. see. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I think you are. So with that being said, Pavlov, <laughs> right? So remember his dogs and the metronome and mm-hmm. them salivating when that door would open to get fed, give you mm-hmm. know, for the assistant to feed them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, second question. When should the neutral stimuli or the NS, neutral stimulus, be presented? Mm-hmm. I'll give you a few mm-hmm. seconds to think about it. And remember, Brooke, we were, uh, well, remember when Brooke was saying, um, make sure you give it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then I was saying, or right before. So simultaneously or mm-hmm. right before. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
exactly. So you want to, with that unconditioned stimulus, sorry. So there we go. So the neutral stimuli should be presented just before the neutral stimuli. I mean, just before or simultaneously with that unconditioned stimulus. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, guys. It gets a little tricky, but I know you, you guys, you guys got me. All right. And then the last question before I lose you, <laughs> what is offering conditioning? Easy peasy. Give you a few seconds and I'll come back. All right, so open conditioning is the process and selective effects of consequences on behavior, okay? Mm -hmm. Remember this. So let me see real quick a little example so we remember. Oh, yeah, so open conditioning consists of an increase in the rate of responding. And remember, you can say it is reinforcement has taken place when the behavior increases, right? Yeah. The way that I think, just a little thing when we were studying the easiest way for me to remember the difference between respondent conditioning and operant conditioning Mm -hmm. respondent conditioning like jasmine said is that stimulus stimulus pairing no consequence right so two things are happening at the same time and you're pairing that right so when that when the antecedent happens that behavior is occurring right after for operant conditioning you have that antecedent then you have that behavior and then that consequence that either increases that behavior or decreases that behavior. And that pretty much was like what I, you know, that ABC, you guys, that ABC contingency Mm -hmm. or that SRS contingency. So remember that. (laughs) Exactly. That was perfect. There you go, Brooke. She summed up my episode for me. So there you have it. (laughs) Stay tuned. Um, Brooke will be breaking down tasseless item B4. Before you guys guys. next episode. (laughs) See you later.